being in a constant state of stress without taking time out for play and self-care puts you at an increased risk of disease. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. This is culinary nutritionist Trudy Stone, and I am so grateful that you tuned in today. Happy Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, whatever it is that you celebrate or maybe don't even celebrate. So we all know that Valentine's Day is typically about snuggling up with your boo, maybe going out for dinner, and perhaps a box of chocolates or overpriced roses get thrown into the mix. But today I want to talk about you and how you can love yourself better, not just today on Valentine's Day, but always. Whether you're in a relationship, a mother, a parent, a brother, a wife, or a husband, when you love yourself better, you'll have better relationships with those around you, as well as a better relationship with yourself. So today I'm going to share five ways that you can do that. So the first tip is to prioritize self-care without guilt. And I love this quote from best-selling author Louise Hay. And she said, loving ourselves works miracles in our lives. Miracles. It really does. Now, if you haven't heard of Louise Hay, you're living under a rock. (laughs) Just kidding. A little tough love for you there. But if you haven't heard of Louise Hay, please do yourself a favor. And after you listen to this podcast episode, Google her and then pick up one of her books. I think one of my favorites is You Can Heal Your Life. And I'm actually going to link that up in the show notes for you so you guys can check that out. Now, look, I know you have a lot on your plate, many balls to juggle, and you don't have time to think about this self-care stuff, but I want you to listen up and here is why. Self-care is about tuning into your mind and body and taking the time to support yourself. It's about listening to your body when you feel drained and exhausted and loving yourself and your body just as you are. Even if you're on a journey right now of trying to change your body and you know lose weight, you need to love yourself throughout that process and practice self-care. Now, we live in a society now where there are so many demands on our time, more so than ever before. Being in a constant state of stress without taking time out for play and self-care puts you at an increased risk of disease. Okay. Now I share with you guys that last year I felt like I was approaching burnout and that's why I took a break from my podcast and my business. Now I could have kept on going and plowing through until I reached burnout, but I listened to my mind and my body and intervened earlier instead. Too often when it comes to making changes to our health, we often wait until the situation is dire or until it's too late. Like, for example, you may know that you need to take your car in for a tune-up or change the oil or whatever it is, but you're just so busy that you can't find the time to do it. And I'm sure some of you listening to this right now are thinking, oh, yeah, I got to get my car checked out, girl. 
(laughs) But next thing you know, you find yourself stranded on the side of the road because your car doesn't work. And then maybe you were too busy, so you didn't renew your CAA, so that's lapsed. So now you have to spend, I don't even know how much a tow truck costs these days, but now you have to get like a really expensive tow truck to get you out of there, right? So we don't want to do that, right? We want to take preventative measures instead. So here is what I want you to do instead. I want you to schedule time for self-care. Yes, I am dead serious. Just like you put your meetings on your calendar or schedule a dentist appointment, you should treat self-care just as important. Make a date with yourself and find the best times throughout the day to schedule an activity that you enjoy. It could be talking to a friend who lifts you up. It could be dancing. It could be exercise. Whatever fills your life and your spirit with joy. For me, I think I've shared this on the podcast before, it is little mini soca sessions in my living room. My husband will laugh at me when he comes down and he sees this in motion. But look, sometimes on a Friday afternoon at the end of the week, I just want to celebrate myself and all that I've accomplished. So I crank those soca tunes up high and I dance. Okay, so whatever it is that brings you joy, do more of that. Okay, taking these timeouts throughout the day will not only increase your joy and happiness in the moment, but those positive vibes, that's going to transcend to other areas of your life as well. It's going to allow you to be a better friend, wife, mother, or employee. Let me ask you this. Do you have a morning routine? If not, you should have one. The most successful grounded people walking this planet have a specific morning routine that they follow every day. Not only will you be taking care of yourself, but you'll have a much more productive day if you start your day with some major positive energy vibes. Now, this is where things like affirmations, exercise, gratitude, and meditation come in. Now, meditation is a self-care practice that just nourishes you at the deepest level. It's the time where you tune everything and everyone else out and reflect on your own mental and spiritual well-being. And a lot of us, a lot of us are plowing through life, being busy with all of the things and checking off all of the boxes and not taking those moments of solitude, which are so important to our mental health. Meditation allows you to move closer to yourself and will help you to begin to understand yourself so much more clearly. Okay, this is something that I do every morning, maybe like five minutes of meditation. It doesn't have to be a long meditation for like an hour. There is some research that shows the longer that you meditate, the more benefits that there are. But hey, I'm in the camp that something is better than nothing. So even if you have five minutes in the morning to just sit there and meditate, do that. Go on YouTube, search for guided meditations, and you'll see some pop up. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to post in the show notes and I have to remember to write this down. Um, I'm going to post in the show notes for you guys some of my favorite meditations, like some of my favorite YouTube channels. So you guys can kind of check that out and get right into it. Now, you might want to add exercise into your morning routine as well. It is definitely a part of mine. So if you wonder sometimes to yourself when you're listening to this podcast, damn, how much coffee did this girl drink? Because <laughs> she is on one. It is because I have exercised. OK, as a matter of fact, Right before I hit record on this podcast, I just finished my 30 minute workout, finished my 30 minute full body workout. Shout out to Sydney Cummings. I feel like she has some of the best YouTube workouts like on YouTube. Okay, so that's what I do. That is also part of my morning routine. So it's meditation in the morning. It's maybe just reading like a few uh, pages out of like a self-development book that I happen to be into these days. Um, The one that I'm reading right now or rereading is Napoleon Hill's Keys to Success, the 17 Principles of Personal Achievement. So that's the one I'm reading right now. 
So I'll just spend like, like I said, five minutes to meditate. I might read for like five minutes in the morning, again, just a few pages so I can get like one key takeaway to kind of, you know, give me a centering thought for the day. And then I'll hop into my workout for like 30 minutes. So that is my morning routine. Okay. Now the most common struggle that my clients have is finding time to work out. You might be thinking that as well. Like, geez, I just, I'm so busy. I don't have the time to work out. Okay. Well, maybe you need to start doing a time audit and looking at where you're spending your time. If you're sitting, you know, on the couch watching an hour of Snowpiercer or, you know, um, what's the the big one on Netflix now? Something about sunset, selling on sunset or whatever it's called. That's the hit show right now. Like if you have an hour or two to watch that, you have like 10 minutes to 30 minutes to exercise. OK, no excuses. All right. Nothing happens. No changes in our life will come if we keep making excuses and letting ourselves off the hook. Okay, so my suggestion is that you just wake up a few minutes earlier and exercise in the morning and just get it out of the way. If you plan to work out after work or in the evening, that's cool, too. But let's be real. Something will come up that will derail your best laid plans, especially if you have kids and my parents out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So the morning really is the best way to make regular exercise a habit. If exercising is new to you or something that you haven't done in a long time, then I suggest that you use the micro goal rule that I shared back in episode, I think it was 69, I'm going to link it for you in the show notes, and just start with five minutes a day and work your way up as you build momentum. In fact, that's how I started my weight loss journey before I lost 30 pounds. And I think you guys have heard the story. If you have my book, Unbreakable, if you don't, I'll drop that in the show notes for you. So check that out. But in my book, Unbreakable, I talked about how I was doing all of the things at that time that I wanted to lose weight. So I got engaged. I realized that I wanted to, you know, shed some weight before I got married. But I was planning my wedding single handedly, which I don't advise anybody to do because I almost lost my mind doing it. (laughs) I was planning my wedding. I was working full time. I was working actually even more hours because my company had gone through a merger at that time. So I was working, you know, I don't even know how many hours a week. Well, more than 40 hours a week for sure. I was also going to school part time in the evenings because I was studying and I was trying to work towards a certification. Um, And then I was also planning a charity event, one of the largest charity events here in the city. And I was on the committee for that. So I was doing so many things at that time and I still wanted to stick to my my health goals. So what I did was I started in my backyard with some jump rope. Okay, so that routine every day and I was jumping rope for like five minutes in the backyard. That's how I started that routine each day developed into a habit. Okay, whether you jump rope for five minutes a day like me or get a Peloton or use, um, you know, YouTube workup videos, just get active, get moving, do something again. Something is better than nothing. So let's love ourselves through movement. Exercise like meditation is a self-care practice that shouldn't be overlooked. Exercise can have positive effects on both your mental and your physical health. Not only will you feel like a million bucks, side effects also include increased happiness, better move, um, move, better mood, I should say, um, improved focus, and of course, a banging body, okay? There's also some studies that show exercise that may actually improve your sex life as well. So hey, we got to talk about it, right? So exercise also boosts your self-esteem and helps with having a positive self-image. That might be tied into why sex actually improves when you exercise. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying I got to look that up. Um, But the thing is, during the pandemic, I let my exercise routine slip like a lot of people. Okay, Um, and my mental health definitely suffered as a result. So for me, working out is not so much about how I look, but how it makes me feel afterwards. Like right now, like I just finished working out. The endorphins are soaring high. You could probably hear it in my voice. Right. 
that's what exercise does to you. And I also find it's really weird. And I don't know the reason why, but I find that on those days where I feel really tired, where I just want to hit the snooze button and get like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes more of sleep. I just pop out of bed and I'm like, you know what? Look, Trudy, just like put on your clothes and do something. And that's the other thing. I always have my workout clothes laid out so that it's easier for me to work out in the morning. So I'm not like, oh, crap, like where's that workout top? Where are the workout pants? Where are the shoes? No, just have them laid out the night before. So it just eliminates that decision making. Okay, so again, exercise. So you don't need to become like a gym rat. Just start small by working out at home and work your way up from there. Okay. Extensive research also tells us exercise can ease symptoms of depression and anxiety because it releases those feel-good hormones and creates feelings of happiness and euphoria. In some cases, exercise has been shown to be just as effective as antidepressant pills in treating depression, okay? Again, even just a few minutes a day will give you a happy buzz and your body and your mind will thank you. Okay. Remember, self-care is an investment in not only your personal well-being, but the well-being of your friends and family who surround you. Okay. Do you feel like your stress levels are constantly on the rise? You're not alone. Feeling stress is a perfectly normal feeling, but it can sometimes feel like you're taking on the world without the strength to get back up. In my free Foods That Soothe ebook, you'll discover some key vitamins, nutrients, and recipes that may help you to improve your mood as well as to reduce your stress. I know how it feels to be overwhelmed, so I wrote this resource with you in mind. No matter how stressed you are, there is always a way to find relief. This book doesn't take more than 10 minutes to read. You can even read it on your phone or on your tablet. You can also grab the free download over at trudyestone.com forward slash foods that soothe. So tip number two to love yourself better is to have boundaries. This is a big one, okay, especially given the world that we live in now and with many of us working from home. Some of my clients tell me now that they work from home. um, Now that they're working from home, they work even more hours than they did before. This is leaving us feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, and exhausted more than ever before. This is why it's important to have boundaries. Without some serious work-life boundaries, working from home means that work can easily seep into the rest of your life, results in burnout, and affect your mental health. Again, we want to focus on prevention here, okay? So according to one study, remote employees experience the highest level of burnout, 85%, okay? So 24% more than those who actually work like in person or in an office. And this is compared to, um, you know, in-person or hybrid employees, okay? So in addition, another study done by FlexJobs on remote workers, they found that overworking and struggling to unplug are the biggest challenge for remote workers. And you can probably relate to this, especially like during the early days of the pandemic when you were trying to figure out like, how does this work from home thing? How does this work? So I've been, you know, working from home like for the longest time, right? So years and years now. So I had a lot of people coming to me, um, a lot of friends and families who were just, you know, working in the office all the time, asking me like, Trudy, like, what do you do to set yourself up for success? How do you minimize distractions? How do you have boundaries? Like, what do you do? Like, can you help us navigate this jungle of working from home, right? So here's a few things that can help. First of all, you want to be clear with your boss and your your colleagues about your working hours. And I also want you to stick to it. So even if you have to like block out time on your calendar where that's just personal time so that if somebody is trying to book a meeting with you um, and they see that time and space that's open, they're just going to send a meeting invite and they're going to book you in there. And you know, you know, because that's happened to you before, right? So you want to block off that. Here's like a ninja tip, okay? If your boss is okay with this, what you can do is, 
put a time block in your calendar, okay? And then you want to mark it as private so that you have that time block in your calendar so people will see that your calendar is blocked, but they won't know exactly what that appointment is because it's private, okay? So that's a ninja tip, all right? So I don't want to get you fired. So maybe just, you know, try it out. If your boss or your colleagues say something about it, then you might want to reassess at that time. But hey, that's what you can do. All right. I used to work as an executive assistant, um, long story and short, and I used to support a lot of C-suite executives. So those are some of the things that I would do just to make sure that I was blocking out time in their calendar so that they could actually have that downtime. So as you can see, like the whole theme of wellness has always been uh, kind of a part of my uh, my being and my ethos, right? So that's what you want to do. Okay, so, you know, you can block out those times, be clear with your boss and your colleagues about your working hours, and you want to stick to it. Okay, you don't want to be waffling back and forth. All right. So when you do this, when you, you know, you're very clear up front about your working hours, this eliminates that feeling of guilt because you're not checking emails at 9pm or no one's expecting you to check emails at 9pm because you've already told them I don't work past 7pm. Okay. You also want to turn off your notifications during your lunch hour. None of this, you know, eating and checking emails and eating and working. No, no, no. We got to stop this. All right. We have to have some divide here. We have to have some boundaries. So I want you to turn off notifications during your lunch hour and your break times and don't check your phone or emails during these times. It will be hard at first. Okay. But you will be rewarded with improved mental health if you start to do this. So the reality is that when you work from home, it can be hard to keep, you know, a regular nine to five schedule, right? You've probably noticed this, especially if you're homeschooling and if you have other challenges that have come up as a result of working from home during the pandemic. So that's okay. The more important thing is to just have a plan for how you're going to accomplish your task list. Okay. So for me personally, I like to block um, my time into chunks throughout the day. So I might have a morning chunk for writing. So in the morning, I might be, you know, writing, let's say, like maybe writing out like what I want to talk about on the podcast or just, you know, just coming up with a brainstorm of ideas of things I want to talk about on the podcast, right? Then I might move on to responding to emails and messages. Then in the afternoon, I might be doing some sort of research or I might be doing recipe development. Um, And then I might also have like a block of time as well for meetings with clients. And I try to chunk all of my meetings with clients into that time block, okay, so that they don't interrupt other things that I want to work on. So just having like focused periods of activity, that will be helpful for you as well. And that will also help you to be more productive too, because you're not switching back and forth, right? So this also makes it really easy to prioritize. So if someone wants to have a meeting, you might offer them a time during your next chunk, right? Your next meeting block chunk. If a task comes up, either it needs to fit into that, you know, appropriate or that designated block of time, or it's going to have to wait. Okay, so we just need to be more focused um, and more intentional with our time. More intentional. I think that's the better word. More intentional. Okay. then there are people in our lives, like our friends and our family who think, hey, just because you're working from home, that you're more available to them or just more available in general. So practice saying no. Okay. And look, I'm going to be completely real. All right. Even some of our parents are doing this to us as well. And now that our parents might know that we're working from home, they might be calling you at one o'clock in the afternoon, like, hey, honey, I just wanted to see how your day was going. Right. So we have to make sure that we are setting those boundaries of, well, hey, mom, you know, as much as I love to talk to you, as much as I'd like to catch up with you, you know, can you give me a call maybe like after 6 p.m., right? So again, just having those boundaries, even with mom, all right, she will understand and she will love you more for protecting yourself, right? Okay, so I want you to practice this so that you don't go weak in the knees whenever you do get those midday requests. Just simply say, no, I can't pick you up from the airport at 2 p.m., 
Or no, I can't go to a movie at 1 p.m., but hey, I'm happy to do it once I'm off work. Or hey, maybe we can look at this, doing this on a Friday night, okay? Having boundaries and minimizing distractions can be especially hard when you have little ones running around in the background when you're on a call, right? So maybe you can hang a do not disturb sign on your door when you're in meetings. Or if you're working at the dining room table, maybe you just have like a tent card that you put on the table or a sign that you hang from a chair, right? Having that visual aid can be very beneficial, especially for children. So maybe you could just do like a simple, you know, red and green sign for do not disturb. Okay, so maybe when you have that tent card on the red side, that's do not disturb. When it's on the green side, it's like, hey, you know, you can bother me if you like, right? If it's yellow, it's like, hey, if you really need me, I'm available, but, you know, try not to disturb me. Okay, so that could work as well. You could just make it into like a little game for your kids too, right? You might also want to consider having like a designated workspace at home if you can. So my hubby and I have been sharing an office, but recently I created a separate workspace for myself that is just my own. In fact, I'm sitting in it right now and I love it. And I can add my personal touches here, like my favorite books. So right now the books I have on my desk are No Matter What by Lisa Nichols. I have a book on crystals. I have um, The Gifts of Imperfection Imperfection by Brene Brown. those are some of my all-time favorite books, okay? Um, I also have like little personal touches, like my favorite art on here, okay? I wish I could like show you guys, like do like an actual tour of my office for you guys. Um, I have like, you know, a little artwork here on my desk. I have like little twinkly lights. I have positive affirmation cards, like, you know, all these little tokens um, that motivate me and inspire me, okay? So I want you to remember that when it comes to boundaries, remember that you show people how to treat you when you establish boundaries, Okay, so tip number one on how to love yourself better is to prioritize self-care. And tip number two is to have boundaries. Tip number three is to nurture your temple. So the next way to love yourself better is to nurture your inner temple. And there are two ways to do that. The first one, of course, is through food. So I have a story about this one. And, you know, this might be a trigger for some people who have experienced this. So just, you know, warning. So after my second miscarriage, I was feeling down. I was feeling devastated. And I started to turn to junk food to soothe my emotions. So cookies, you know, cake, donuts, Haagen-Dazs, caramel cone explosion, ice cream, double chocolate brownies from Starbucks, sun chips, the list went on and on. So I thought that I was treating myself because of what I had gone through and that I deserved to eat these foods because of my grief. But here's the thing. Those foods didn't make me feel better. They actually made me feel worse. One day I had enough of just the wallowing uh, and just just feeling in this pit of despair. And I decided to just get back into the kitchen to cook a nourishing home cooked meal. I felt better almost immediately. And it wasn't just the healthy food that I was eating. It was also the act of taking care of myself and prioritizing my health. That is what I deserved, not another package of lemon meringue cookies. So this is actually what prompted me to study brain health and the connection between the foods that we eat and our mood, because I lived and experienced the power of food on my mood, both good and bad firsthand. Now, if you have an unhealthy relationship with food, it's very likely that you don't know how awesome your body can feel when you nourish it with the right foods. So just think about it for a minute. Imagine if each day you ate foods based on how you want to feel rather than giving in to every craving and then feeling guilty about it afterwards. 
And again, this is not to say you shouldn't have the cookies or the donuts occasionally, but we have to move past soothing our emotions with food. It's a vicious cycle that is tough to break, but it's not impossible. You just got to take the first step. Okay, for me, that first step was just getting off of the couch, getting in the kitchen, looking in my fridge, just being like, okay, what do I have in my fridge? What do I have in my pantry? What can I throw together that I know is going to be healthy for me and nourish my soul? Just take the first step. Okay. So the first step would be my foods that soothe guide. Okay. So the recipes of my foods that soothe guide will help you to do just that. And those are actually really good foods to turn to when you're, when you're, um, when you need to feel like you need to soothe yourself. And there's some great recipes in there as well. Okay. So why not base your food choices on how you want to feel rather than the sense of pleasure and satisfaction you gain in the moment? I think if you just tap into your intuition a bit, you probably already have a sense of those foods that you're eating that aren't making you feel so great. Once you've identified those problem foods, start to make choices that bring you closer to how you want to feel. Okay, again, just take the first step. Do you feel like your stress levels are constantly on the rise? You're not alone. Feeling stress is a perfectly normal feeling, but it can sometimes feel like you're taking on the world without the strength to get back up. In my free Foods That Soothe ebook, you'll discover some key vitamins, nutrients, and recipes that may help you to improve your mood as well as to reduce your stress. I know how it feels to be overwhelmed, so I wrote this resource with you in mind. No matter how stressed you are, there is always a way to find relief. This book doesn't take more than 10 minutes to read. You can even read it on your phone or on your tablet. You can also grab the free download over at trudyestone.com forward slash foods that soothe. All right, so the second way to nurture our inner temple are our thoughts, okay? This is so important, and that's why the name of this podcast is The Mind Your Body Show. Your mind attracts anything that it dwells on. Most people go through life thinking about all the things that they don't want to happen, and then they probably experience every single one of them. Wouldn't it be better to refuse to think about the things that you don't want and feed your mind with pictures of things that you do want instead? So there's nothing more important than learning the art of keeping your mind focused on the things, conditions, and circumstances you really want. In fact, this just happened to me just this week. So there was this high profile speaking gig that I really wanted, and I thought that I missed my opportunity. So instead of being upset about it, I knew and I believed that that opportunity would present itself to work with this organization again in the future. So I nurtured my mind with the right thoughts so that when that opportunity presented presented itself again, I was ready. And guess what? One week after thinking that I missed my shot, I received a call that they wanted me to speak instead. Okay, so here's the thing. When you continue to feed your mind with negative messages, your brain starts to actually adapt to the messages you're feeding it. It doesn't know how to choose what to follow and what to ignore. You are the captain driving the ship. You are the author that is writing everything that goes on those pages in your book of life. And you are in control. You can feed your mind negative messages or feed it a buffet of positive messages. It's your choice. To change your body or to improve your health, you need to change your narrative. You need to reverse the negative messages. A great place to start is to rewrite your script. Flood your mind with positive messages and ditch the thoughts and that inner mean girl that are no longer serving you. 
Okay. Don't believe every single thing you think. A lot of us have these negative thoughts on repeat over and over and over again. I'm not lovable. I'm not enough. I'll always be lonely. I'll always be single. I'll never lose the weight. I'll always be fat. I can't ever eat healthy. Okay. We have to, we have to stop that track. All right. We, we need to start flooding our mind with positive messages instead. Okay. So give these positive affirmations a try. And I want you to practice saying them, even if you don't mean it. All right. Fake it till you make it right. So it's also more powerful if you say these affirmations to yourself while looking in the mirror. So you may even want to write these on post-it notes and place them maybe even on your desk or, you know, next to your mirror in the morning. So this becomes part of your morning routine. Okay. So here are some positive affirmations that you can try. I am happy, healthy, and radiant. I am ready to enjoy my perfect health. I am a healthy eater. I love and care for my body and my body cares for me. I believe in myself and my abilities. So take multiple opportunities throughout the day to repeat your positive affirmation to yourself. Repeating these affirmations daily will help to give yourself a confidence boost so that you'll get the results that you desire. They will also help you to change and shape your thinking and beliefs for improved results. Okay, now speaking of beliefs, this brings me to the final tip, and that is to develop unbreakable belief in yourself. I talked about the importance of beliefs quite a bit on this podcast because they're just that important. So I'm going to drop some links in the show notes for you so you guys can check out some of those past episodes where I talked about the power of belief. Okay, but here's the thing. Your beliefs are driving the bus. They take you where you're going, whether you're paying attention or not. Your beliefs are thoughts that you just keep thinking over and over again, which is why monitoring your thoughts and rewriting your script are so important. To change your behavior, your habits, and your health for good, you need to start believing new things about yourself. Belief is so important when it comes to loving yourself. The more evidence you have for a belief is the more strongly you'll believe it. For example, I've talked about this before. If you rarely exercise, then you might believe that you're lazy. You probably even say to yourself and your friends, I'm too lazy to exercise, girl. Okay, those types of thought patterns are disempowering. How do you feel when you say to yourself or when you say to your friends, I'm too lazy to work out, right? I'm too lazy to exercise. It doesn't make you feel good, right? It doesn't really develop any belief in yourself, right? If you can't stop eating late at night, then you might believe that you have no control around food. You might say to yourself, I have no willpower or I have, I just don't have any self-discipline. So I can't say no to these cookies, right? I just don't have self-control. So I can't say no to the ice cream. I have to have the ice cream. Okay. You need to rewrite your script. Instead, I want you to start practicing those affirmations that I shared with you earlier, right? Here's another trick that can help that I learned from best-selling author, Gabby Bernstein. She says that we have a fault-finding mindset rather than a solution, happiness-oriented mindset. So the next time you notice that you aren't in a good place or that doubt creeps in, speak back to that voice. Say, thank you for sharing, but I choose happiness instead. Thank you for sharing, but I don't believe that voice anymore. Thank you for sharing, but I'm choosing love at this moment. Give yourself permission in the moment to speak back to that fault-finding voice and start to claim the greatness of who you are. And you are great. You are amazing. And you need to embrace that. Alcoholics Anonymous is one of the most effective and successful habit-changing organizations in the world. In his book, The Power of Habit, author Charles Duhigg researched this group. So he had this to say, 
those alcoholics who believed that some higher power had entered their lives were more likely to make it through the stressful periods with their sobriety intact. He went on to say it wasn't God that mattered. The researchers figured out it was belief itself that made the difference. Once people learned how to start believing in something, that skill started spilling over to other parts of their lives until they started believing they could change. Okay. And, you know, when it comes to belief and spirituality, you know, I find it helpful to believe in something that is bigger than yourself. You can call it God. You can call it universe, you know, whatever that may be to you. But believing in a power or believing in something bigger than yourself will help you to develop that belief in yourself. Now, when I was losing weight, I learned through my workout classes that there's just something so powerful about being part of a group. And having that shared experience, you know, to help you to create belief in yourself, to create healthy habits, is going to make it more likely that you're actually going to reach your goals. So it may be harder for you to make lasting changes on your own, but being a part of a group and having that support will help to make those changes much easier. A community creates results and belief. In my book, Unbreakable, which I'll link up in the show notes for you if you guys have not checked that out yet, I talked about the power of community and shared experiences. A community that shares your same beliefs and your same struggles can be a great source of support in changing your bad habits and meeting your health goals. A great place to start is my free Facebook group community. Come on over to the Facebook group and get support from others who are also going through what you're going through. There is something so powerful about being part of a group and having that shared experience to help you create healthier habits. So I'll place a link in the show notes so you can join the free Facebook group. So I want you to remember to love yourself enough to believe in yourself. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to trudyestone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also, make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.